Welcome to the Coming to New York City podcast. I'm Neil Smith, and in this episode of the podcast, we are answering more of your Instagram questions. This is part two of a series, as Katie posted on Instagram, at Coming to NYC, uh, asking for your questions, and you, and you sent some great questions. So, Katie, welcome to the podcast. We're going to be answering questions today. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's always fun to hear the questions that you guys have and to answer them. So, um, the first question that we got um, for this episode is to talk about the role of supers and doormen. Yes. That's something unique to New York City that a lot of other places don't have um, that we've been learning a lot about recently. Yeah, well, and it's not every building. It's, no, no, no. Uh, it's certain buildings. Right. So yeah. when we moved to Brooklyn, we lived in a brownstone, and so we had a landlord that owned the brownstone that we paid rent to. Um, and if we had any problems, he would send a handyman out or something like that. But we didn't have a super or doorman, doorman per se. Um, we just had a landlord. And so a lot of people will have that. Um, but when we moved to Manhattan, we live in a high-rise building, um, kind of like a mid-range building, not super high-end or anything yeah. like that. So um, we don't have a lot of amenities. We don't have a pool or workout facility or stuff like that. So it's a mid-range building. But we yep. do have a super, we have doormen, and we have um, kind of the maintenance crew as well. Um, so the super is the guy in charge. He lives in the building. He makes sure everything's running correctly. Um, ours is named Tony. He sends me emails. He sends... Tony, uh, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but you send me an email. <laughs> he sends strict emails to make sure that we <laughs> know the rules of the building and we are not outside of the rules. Um, not just us. He doesn't send them to us. We're great tenants. He sends them to the entire yes. building. Yes, <laughs> but, but as tenants and friends with other tenants, we love to joke about the mean super emails. The good thing is I love that we have a super who wants to keep our building moving and going and people to follow the rules. So yeah. he's, he keeps he it together. To, right. He has to be tough because in the end, our building is clean and it runs well. And yeah. He's like our principal. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Or a dad. Or our dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the super. Then we have doormen that rotate. He's like the um, RA. Like, like the, the RA. RA, like of college, okay. you know, like an RA in the building. Yeah. Kind of like the RA. Kind of. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. So our doormen rotate. Um, we have one guy, Joe, that does the night shift. <laughs> and so I hardly ever see Joe because he's, like I said, he does the night shift. But he's been here for like 30 years yeah. or something, like yeah. a really long time during the night shift. Yeah. And I see Joe a lot because I travel. So I'll either come home from a trip real late or I'll leave real early. So I get to know Joe. Yeah, so then we have a, a group of other doormen that rotate, um, and basically they're there at the front door to make sure um, that things are safe, you know, that people aren't coming in that don't belong there. They have a hard job because they have to know, they have to learn everybody's faces and yep. all the families, and um, they know which apartment we live in. Cause they also take our packages, um, any kind of deliveries that we get, so we can walk up to them and say you know, do we have any packages or a lot of times we'll walk in they'll be like, Oh, you've got a package. So there's one guy, Jonathan, who yep. is like on top of it when it comes yep. to deliveries. He's like, Oh, Mr. Smith, you've got a, you've got a delivery. Um, and so, yeah, they have to know who's coming, who's going, who lives in which apartment, all that. So they have a tough job. Some are better at it than others. There yep. are some that, um, just sit in their seat and, don't really say a whole lot. We won't mention <laughs> names. Um, but then there's other doormen um, who are just like on top of it and they know everybody and, and everything. But yeah. I will say that 
after having a doorman in New York City, especially in Manhattan, it just has been a huge peace of mind just knowing somebody's watching the door, watching who's coming in and out. And I think just the safety that that brings is really huge for us. 100%. I, I cannot imagine not living, like living in a building without a doorman. And the price to me is not that big of a difference. And the value add is tremendous. And so they do. They wear a lot of hats, the doorman, especially of they're the greeter, their security, their, uh, you know, delivery, you know, help coordinating deliveries. Uh, they do so many different things and add so much convenience and safety and comfort to home. Uh, it's a huge value add to the yeah. to the New York living experience. And so I, I cannot recommend a building with a super doorman more having lived here and I would sacrifice a lot a lot more uh, from a financial perspective or even a space standpoint to have that value when I think about how many packages we now have delivered or even Mm -hmm. when we want to send something out we leave it there with the doorman and somebody else comes and picks it up or Or if we need somebody to to get access our apartment we leave the key with the doorman and he you know decides and gives it to the person yeah like if somebody's cleaning or you know if we have family coming in town and we're not going to be here right when they get here they can get the key from the doorman and come on up. So it's really nice. But then we also have, um, like, um, I'm sorry, I forgot, like, like a maintenance crew, yep. like maintenance team that is always um, <coughs> uh, working on the building and making it better, um, vacuuming and cleaning. And if we have anything wrong in our apartment, they'll come up and, and fix it. So they're they're really nice to have here as well. Yep. So I think we've covered the Instagram doorman and super and what they do. So next question. Well, uh, okay. one one extra thing. There is, and I think we've talked about this in another episode. At Christmas time, around the holidays, ah, you do yes, yes. you do tip them. So. They don't come for free. I mean, you don't have to tip them. Yeah, they get paid. They're, it's a yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. But it is expected. It is expected, yeah. it's That's the truth. Um, and so you do tip the super a little bit more and then the doorman and, and so on. So yeah. um, just to be aware of that, what you give is really up to you and what you can afford. Um, so there are lots of different articles online that will help you kind of determine how much to pay. But that is one thing you have to keep in mind. Yes. And and they're <laughs> looking for that tip around the holidays and they're dressing nicer around the holidays and, uh, and a little extra friendly around the holidays. Sure. And so it is, uh, but it, it is a nice thing to be able to, they add so much to our home to be able to give back uh, to the doorman. So yeah. That, and they're really like family. We they see are. them every day and yep. say hi to them and talk to them. And they love our girls, love them and uh, <coughs> they love our girls. And you know, so it's, it's a part of home. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So the next question is, um, talking about apartment living in New York city, lack of storage, how to meet neighbors, etc. So I always say, don't let the size of a New York city apartment deter you from coming because you will be really surprised at how little you can that you really need to live. Um, we've talked about this before, but we had a two-story house that we built in Texas, and we had it filled, and we thought that we needed everything in there. We did not. We did not need three-quarters of what was in that house. And so we came here um, to a small Brooklyn brownstone, but now in, in our apartment here, and we have just what we need. Uh, we don't have a lot of extra stuff, but that actually makes living even better. 
Yeah, I mean, I think practically you get really creative with storage too. We've got we've got a door storage thing that hangs on the on the on one of our door hinges that holds storage things. We've got tons of bins uh, that that are in different shelving units across our apartment. We've got. Uh, bins within our closets, you know, for, for storing different things. You get creative with storage under our beds. Uh, we, we have storage under our couch. We have storage. Uh, you find storage, creative storage compartments that you didn't need before that you can now utilize. And then you also realize you don't need certain things. Mm-hmm. And then we also use uh, a storage service that will bring a bin, let us fill it up, take it out with like Christmas decorations and things like that. So yeah. there are some storage opportunities outside of your apartment. As yeah. Well. And that service is called Red Bin. And um, we keep our Christmas decorations in there because, um, I know a lot of people just go without, you know, those kind of decorations. But to us, Christmas is a really special time. So I didn't want to be without the stockings and the the ornaments that I've collected over the years and stuff. But we just did not have room for that in our apartment. So Red Bin comes and drops off a bin. We fill it up. They take it back, um, store it for us, and then drop it off whenever we need it. So there are options like that. Also, some buildings have storage rooms that you can rent. Ours does not, but they do have bike storage downstairs. So the kids' bikes are down there. Uh, it's kind of leave it at your own risk, but we've never had any problems with it. Um, so, yeah, there's other other yep. things besides directly inside of your apartment. Very good. Next question. Yep. All right. Um, it also talked about how to meet the neighbors. And I yep. think just being friendly. Yep. Um, when they get on the elevator, just talking to people. Um, in the last episode, we talked about how um, transient New York City is. So people are constantly coming and going. But also, they don't have family here. Um, so everybody is kind of looking to make friends and to make connections. And some you know, work a lot and they don't have time to spend a lot of time with you. But the more that you can talk to them in the elevator and kind of make small talk and just get to know the people around you, um, the more like home it starts to feel. You know, it really, that that's the fun of being in an elevator <laughs> building is the elevator kind of forces interaction. And so you, mm-hmm. you end up, and even on the people on your floor, you end up waiting for the elevator together. Um, and you start to recognize people. There's one guy who I remember when we first moved in, saw I was wearing an Astros hat. Every time I see him, he asks me about the Houston Astros and he's a, he's a Mets fan. Um, and we've developed a conversation out of that. I think looking for talking points to people, people being intentional, uh, you know, even just talking about the weather and uh, what's what's going on, and uh, you know, avoiding politics. <laughs> so it it is uh, people. People are New Yorkers are more friendly, uh, and we said that over and over again on this on this podcast. Uh, but p- New Yorkers love to have a conversation. They also love to complain like anybody else anywhere and so you get a lot of complaints about the building uh or whatever else is going on but it just good op- excuses and opportunities to uh stir up a conversation and get to know your neighbors we've got a lot of older people in our building who love kids as well yeah. so kids have given us a good excuse to have an interaction as people love interacting with our kids yeah and we went to an apple um orchard apple farm back in the fall and we had a ton of apples that we brought home and so we made little apple hand pies, yep. and we passed them out to the people in, in our hallway. And that just, you know, opens yeah. up more conversation as well. So anything you can do to be intentional yep. is always important. And our neighbors, a few of them, came and wrote handwritten notes to our kids thanking okay, them for those apple you. pies. So it's really like they really appreciated having uh, that interaction. So New Yorkers are friendly. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, so the next question um, asked us about moving from overseas. And um, I don't really have a good answer for that. Texas is like overseas. Texas yeah, is like, like another, another country. country. Yes. It's true. So it's you can not. go back and listen yes. to the other podcasts <laughs> about moving from Texas. Um, but we do have lots of yes. several friends who have moved from overseas yeah. um, for mostly for jobs, for business reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, so what we're going to do is um, either do an interview or maybe ask them questions uh, um you know, separately, and then maybe do another podcast about what it's like from, you know, moving from overseas. Yes, we have loved just getting to know so many cultures and stories. You know, mm-hmm. in our first apartment, we the people below us were from moved from France, so we learned a lot about their culture, and we'd have wine and cheese, you know, that they would mm-hmm. introduce us to, and in, in their uh, their apartment, and um, and they did not speak strong English. Um, nice. We were able to help them with so that a little bit. So we were able to help them quite a bit, and, and they um, that was so friendly, and now we've got friends from all over the world, though, that we are getting to know um, and learning and, and the challenges that come with that. A lot of it is they're coming over here not speaking great English, and so there's a lot of challenges that come with that. Sure, yeah. Um, a girl that comes to mind in Shelby's class, they moved from Japan, yeah. and the little girl didn't speak English you know, really at all when she first yeah. moved at the end of last year. And now she speaks, I mean, pretty much perfect English it's just amazing. because they did a really good job of just, you know, um, getting her in school and getting involved with other families and talking and learning. And, yeah. um, and people are from all over here. So you're going to mm-hmm. find, um, you know, a good base of people that, share your experiences but then also um, another group of people who are totally different from you that you can learn from so it's a really cool melting pot Um, so the next question is they would like to know more about Hudson Yards yes and so Hudson Yards is a really relatively new area here in Manhattan Um, there really wasn't a lot out there before um, it's kind of, it's on the, the west side of Manhattan. And before it kind of used to be a lot of warehouses and, um, yeah, just not a lot of stuff out there. So they've been very intentional about how they build it up. And now there's this huge um, mall. It's several floors. It's really beautiful. It's really high end, well done, filled with tons of stores and um, shops and restaurants and all that. And there's also um, several high-rise apartments that have gone over there. Again, really nice luxury apartments. Um, and there's also the vessel that they built over there. And the vessel is, I'm sure you've seen, you may have seen pictures of it. If you follow my Instagram, you saw when we went out there. But um, it's this large structure. It looks like a huge vase um, made out of copper, but you can walk up in it, and you do need reservations to so go online and make your your reservation to buy your tickets to go up in the vessel. But as you go up in it, and we actually haven't been in it yet, mm-hmm. so but we've seen the outside. As you walk up, you see out onto um, the Hudson River and New Jersey and all that. They've also built something out there called the Shack that's going to house concerts and plays and things like that. So they're really trying to revitalize that area and um, just bring a lot of shopping and living and culture into it. Yeah, and I I found out about it because Gary Vaynerchuk, who is one of my heroes, business heroes, uh, moved his offices over there to Hudson Yards. And I I had a meeting over there with uh, Vimeo, uh, who's a company I do a lot of work with. 
um, is based over there as well. And so there, there's a lot of business development uh, over there in the Hudson Yards area. It's And it's close to Chelsea Market. It's close to, it's a little further north up there, about 30th Street, and uh, there on the far west side. So it's, it's a great area, a very cool area. I think it's worth, when you're in New York City, uh, a half day to go over there and see the vessel and have lunch. Uh, I don't say half day, maybe three hour visit. Um, but go over there, walk, walk the mall a little bit and, um, see the vessel and maybe go up in it. I I don't, it doesn't thrill me a ton to go up in it, but it's cool to see. Uh, it's a, it's It's a unique site. Um, and I think it's worth, you know, popping over to that area of see that and then walk the high line down to Chelsea market, uh, or go to Chelsea market and then walk the high line up to, uh, the Hudson yards. And so I I think it's a very cool area and and a fun new development in the city. And it's really popular right now. So if you want to eat there, I would suggest making reservations ahead of time because, um, from what I've seen, the lines tend to be pretty long for all the restaurants because like I said, it's new, it's, kind of the place that everybody's buzzing about so it's it's popular and the restaurants in there are supposed to be fantastic so they do fill up pretty quickly very good all right so the last question for this episode is when coming to new york what's the most structured way to get the max out of your trip so um this little uh shameless self-promotion i suppose (laughs) but honestly I think that um, coming to New York City, every all the things that we offer help you to get the max out of your trip, whether um, you know it's the podcast, it's Instagram, but especially the course that we have online, comingtonewyorkcity.com. The course that I put together, I actually give um, sample itineraries. So if you're just kind of at a loss for what to do, um, there's a a sample itinerary for Manhattan, a couple of days for that. There's a sample itinerary if you want to go over to Brooklyn. Um, and then I just try to give as many of my tips and my tricks in one consolidated place as I can. Yep. So all the resources we are providing here is to help you do that, you know, to have right. a great time uh, visiting the city. But but that is the most consolidated way that Katie was very thoughtfully put together uh, that you can go through in, in a few hours, uh, but they really help you plan it. And I think it's an itinerary that we found uh, and that we continue to hear about when people are coming to New York City, like, oh, that itinerary was so great uh, as as a resource uh, to help you plan your trip. So so doing that, but I, I will say the the thing not to do, and Katie, Katie has a free resource there on the website of 10 things not to do, but I would say the key thing not to do is don't just show up and figure it out when you get here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is so much to do here. And there are so many different websites with different opinions and things. If you just try to Google it when you get here or just r- randomly walk around, you're not going to maximize your time. You, you need to think in advance and plan your trip here. Um, otherwise, you're going to j- feel lost and overwhelmed. And I think you're going to miss a lot of things to do. We live here and I don't think we've done half of the things we still want to do in the city. And we've now yeah. been here over four years. And it's constantly growing and changing. So just as fast as we're doing the things that we've wanted to do, there are new things that pop up that we're just continually adding to the list and things that maybe have even been around for a while and we had no idea existed yes. because really it's not a big um, island square, you know, miles wise or, yeah. or that kind of thing, but it's all built up on top of each other. So you just have floors and buildings full of things to do and, um, places to visit. So it's just always constantly evolving and growing and, and moving. 
So those are our answers uh, to your Instagram questions. Keep the questions coming, um, and Katie will answer them directly if you send them to her in uh, the DM of the Instagram account at coming to NYC. Uh, and make sure to follow her. Follow her Instagram stories and posts and, and everything happening there. Uh, and we'd love for you to continue to follow us uh, on the, the website and all the great resources there. But I cannot highlight enough uh, what Katie suggested earlier is she's got the course there both two courses. There's one for if you're coming here on vacation, one if you're moving here, uh, but it is to specifically answer this, and I think for most people listening uh, outside of New York City, if you're coming here, take that course. It's going to save you a ton of time, and at the end of the day, it's going to save you a lot of money, too, because uh, she gives a lot of money-saving tips and tricks uh, there, uh, things to avoid in the city to, that end up wasting your time and your money. So, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. We'd also love it if you would rate or review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It'd mean the world to us and it would help others find this podcast as well. Thanks for listening.